Hello, 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 and welcome back to yet another edition of Kent and the Steering Team for another week. Yes, another one. Um, as always, you are joined by myself, Phil, my friends Bianca and Drew. Unfortunately, Kent can't be, be with us this week. He's actually uh, limbering up in preparation for um, the event that an actual Hunger Games is to happen here and happen to him. Anyway, on with the show. Team, how are we? Good. Yeah. We're good. Got DJ We're good. Khaled playing over and over in my head now. Another one. Why do I now have that in my? Because another one. Don't insert things in my mind. Uh, well, at least this is mind. what they're doing um, with the vaccine. <laughs> I've been yeah. reading a lot of um, conspiracy websites, not because I believe them, just because I find them hilarious. A lot of um, non-secular media. Yes. Yes. Love it. Yeah. Uh, on this edition of the show, we have for you a couple of things. Number one, we have our review of um, The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2. And the then, final. Exactly. The, the last for movie now. in the series. Um, and then we will wrap up the series as a whole and get into a discussion about that and what we thought about the whole thing, where we think it's going. Um, Bianca can tell us all that because she's read the um, prequel. Um and uh, just our general thoughts on the whole thing and how we thought the whole series played out. Yeah. And we'll review our scores. We don't have the percentages, but we'll have that worked out by the time we get there. And, or the ratio. We'll know by the end. Averages. Yeah, averages yep. is the word I was looking for. The median. Um, you'll know that by the time we get there. Do you know what I was going to say? Now I've actually blinked. You said something in my mind. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, do you know what this week means also? Which I was thinking about the other just earlier today. No. It's been a month since we finished Bond. Yeah, but oh it still goodness. feels like it was yesterday. It was just such a massive epic journey that I it, it comes back to me every now and then. And it, it's weird. Like if people mention James Bond, I'm like, did you know? Yeah. Let me just give you Let absolutely me. everything. You're not twitching you with a little bit of PTSD? A little bit, somewhat. <laughs> I, I get more PTSD when like I was talking about Bond with my uncles and my dad and they were talking about how good Sean Connery was, and I'm like, well, <laughs> no. Yeah, well, look, I, I, what, I just feel, um, I feel good about the fact that I've watched them all now, so I can now say that I'm, I'm truly a, a not truly a Bond fan. It's not about holding it over anyone else, but I just, I appreciate that I've seen them all now, so I can talk about them with a little bit more authority. Isn't that uh, a good feeling when you've seen anyone? something and you can talk about it with authority now? You know, it's, it's a, a great feeling. feeling. It's not it just is. the it talking is. about it with authority. It's the fact that we like we had all those like little things, those like did you knows and yeah. why did this happen? And we were looking at the years and now and like analyzing it. Mm. it. It it's not the superiority complex. It's the fact that when people talk bullshit about it now, I'm just like wrong. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, it's, but also, I just appreciate the fact that when I go and spread out about something or a reason for having an opinion about something to do with the Bond films, at least. I've got that as evidence because it's something that I've... I, I, I did watch that. It is, it is something that I, that I know a little bit more about. Isn't it nice to say that about a series of films, though, Philip? Is that... <laughs> oh, is that where we're going with this? Uh, yeah, that's where I was going with this. Oh. Yeah, because I, I noticed that you had a tone to what you were saying. Yes. I noticed it, and I didn't know what you were Can I also say, Drew, you actually wrong. aren't that subtle ever? <laughs> no, but I don't think he was intending on being subtle. I just no, don't I intend to be and, subtle. And that's why it, my response was kind of hesitant, because I knew you were hinting at something, but no, I wasn't sure what it going? was. 
Yeah. Okay. Cool. So Sarah, um, no, it's, it's meant to be a punishment of mine, but um, it was a punishment of mine. No, it was. It's fine. It was a Christmas um, gift to us. It was a oh, Christmas the gift best Christmas to, to Sarah, us. actually, not to you guys. Um, no, I think yeah. we benefited. You definitely benefited. Um, <laughs> Christmas gift from Sarah to you guys, I guess. Um, yep. uh, we've, I've got one film to go, so I haven't watched all of them. But um, Sarah wanted to watch the Twilight movies, and I didn't really have that much of a say in, in that. So if it's to be a punishment um, in future for me, it will be a punishment because I've already watched them and I'm going to have to watch them again and comment on them more than, yeah. Well, it's either that or we just punish you with the Fast and Furious films. No, 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 no. Even though I like the Fast and Furious films, I, I've seen them with him before. Yeah, fair. I need to watch you watch Twilight. Yeah, we won't watch the movies. We'll just watch you. The, the Fast and the Furious movies as well. The, the th- problem with them is that it will be a punishment for the audience to have to listen to us talk about movies of such basic level no such basic levels that um our audience gets dumber as they listen to us i'm sure our audience will enjoy it they were produced by a man that has diesel in his name and probably has diesel (laughs) in his brain from huffing it because they are so poorly executed Talking about Vin Diesel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just to make it obvious. <laughs> but we digress. Yeah. Anyway. We, we, we will come up with a next series of films. However, that moment is not now. No, that's right. Um, in fact, we know what we're doing for the next couple of weeks after this. Um, we'll talk about more of that. We'll talk more about that later at the end of the show. Um, but for now. Mockingjay uh, part one. Exactly. Drew? I think you mean part two. Two. Sorry. Did you say? I read. I read. I. I read part one. Oh, okay. No, that's my fault. (laughs) He wrote part one in the script, and I was looking at that, and then copied the title out of last week's. But we know it's part two. This is the last one. It's been a month of of Hunger Games. It's been. um, This is the fourth and final one. This is it. This is the end of it. This is you know that I've just been super excited to do these because I've had so much fun watching these. Yeah, but Drew, Drew, let's go with the synopsis and then we'll Mm. dive in. Mm -hmm. Katniss and a team of rebels from District 13 prepare for the final battle (laughs) that will decide the fate of Pan Am. Rebels, rebels, rebels. Rebels. Yes. (laughs) Oh, you finished. That was was (laughs) (laughs) we enjoyed watching this one, even though I actually feel like. I don't know if it was just me, but this was probably the best watch of this movie for me too. Yeah. Phil? Yeah, I no, I agree. This is the one that I've watched the least. Um, it's because it's the one that um, definitely ties up the entire thing, but the least kind of happens in it. Does that make sense? Even though the yes. last one yep. kind of... the la- Look, no, that that's... The last one's probably the one that has the least in it, but the anticipation is behind it for what happens next. This one is the big kind of crescendo. It's the end. It's the finale. It's the finish. It's kind of the just desserts. It's the everything, but it's still... When you watch it, before you watch it, you, you I remember it being more exciting than it was. I'm not saying it was boring. I just remember more happening than what actually happens. So, does that make sense? Yeah, I get you. Yeah. Yes. I also screwed up last week because I said that in last week's episode, 
last week was when Snow killed everyone with the poison. Or kill, killed the guy at the dinner table and it was with poison. It was actually this week. And that was just me mixing things up. Even though we watched it last week right before we recorded, I just, I've watched it so many times. They all blended into the one scene. <laughs> Pretty much. What, what I found about found interesting though about this one was that um, Snow in this one he felt like he was unraveling but at the same time he also felt like he was it felt like he was enjoying the sparring if that makes sense like he was he felt it felt like he was he knew that he was losing here but he was enjoying the game of what was happening um, and I find that that's interesting for Snow because Snow's always kind of been from a position of power, um, only ever kind of having his his way and things going the way he wanted wanted them to. But they've just not been going right for him since the start of Mockingjay Part One. And so, you know, like for example, Peter didn't kill Katniss. Um, now they have Peter with them. You know, they were able to free everyone that they wanted to and have them back together now just things aren't he's going lost right a lot yeah he's been sacrificing big tokens and bargaining chips and not getting anything in return I don't... and his the momentum for his chance of winning slips away but he doesn't seem to falter from his attitude or his arrogance or his kind of joy of it all because he's enjoying the game I think there's also a part of snow that's has respect. Yeah, he... The, one of the things that is interesting about Snow is he's always been to Katniss. Mm. I've never lied to you. Mm. Don't lie to me. Yeah. And That's a lie. There's a mutual... Yeah. There's a mutual, like... Respect. A, respect that... I And I think it has a, a bit to do with the fact that Snow thinks Katniss is playing the game from the beginning. Mm-hmm. There is a point where he realizes she's not. She's a, just a dumb, stupid kid. Yeah, yeah. But then she rises to the challenge and he finds <laughs> that just as interesting. He has this yeah. admiration for her and that shines through in this film. But, but is it also that... So Katniss's whole thing is built on... Um, propaganda that's not really sprouted from her but from what people are doing around her yeah um so she has this kind of elevation above everyone else even if she doesn't want it even if she hasn't done it herself is it something that maybe snow not sympathizes but but recognizes kind of that that may be similar to him even though he probably orchestrated his own propaganda and um reputation you know what he did he kind of sees that Katniss has something of a similar sort of position, like how he rose to the position he's in. He's seeing that kind of happen to Katniss. Um, so he kind of respects that kind of position that she's in or the journey that she's on. I don't know. I, said I, don't, I don't think it's... Because there's mutual respect, but what's the mutual respect from? I think that respect... I think he thinks he earned a, a worthy opponent, finally. Yeah, I think it's more mm. that he has done things and we've seen him actively from the very first movie mm. being annoyed by her in in the first movie he she was just this annoying thing and he tried to you know make sure that that hope was plucked you know he said mm. give them a little hope but not too much yeah and he wanted was it seneca 
the first game maker. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted Seneca to have her killed. And yeah. then she wins. And that, that kind of annoys him. Mm. But he's not bothered by it at that point because he's like, oh, well, mm. she's now a pawn in the bigger game. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and there is. There is a bigger game in the Hunger Games, which is the Victors game. Yeah. The, the Victors are all fucked up people because they yeah. have to play a game with the capital of mm. we will do what you say because our families will be killed otherwise. Yeah. And that's what happens to Jahana. Mm. The reason why she doesn't care, the reason why she says whatever she says is because they've already killed her family. They don't have anything left. Yeah. So, she doesn't have anything left. So, she... They 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 demonize her in the capital. She's seen as the angry... You know, they basically paint her as the angry, mm. crazy one. Yeah. And that's what she plays. And so she plays the part and it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But then there's Katniss who Katniss never does what anyone tells her to do. And you see that from the beginning again. Haymitch says, go find, uh, you know, partners in the very first one. You got to make allies and alliances. And she refuses to. And then when she does, she makes it with probably the weakest person <laughs> yeah. in the games it is true rue is she's got some skills but after the first round of people who die she's just like you know you're next basically and katniss is like no you're my friend um same goes in the next game she he you know everyone's like go get the strong alliances he Hamish shows him shows uh katniss all of those like mm. We're doing the massive overview of this thing. Well, I'm doing it yeah. now, but anyway. It's it's a, it blends into one. It anyway, does blend so, into. Yeah. But anyway, she never does what she's supposed to do. And Snow actually learns to respect that. Hmm. Especially when she's basically become this figurehead of the rebellion. Yeah. Um, but he also knows because he's tried to control her. He knows that she's not the figurehead of the rebellion because she wants to be. Because he tried to control her. Yeah. And it failed. And now he's like, well, I have to destroy you now. But it was fun while it lasted. Why is the respect there for Katniss but not for um, President Coin? This this is a good one. Because she built up an entire thing from District 13, the district that didn't Yes, but when was the very first time... That Snow knew about Coin. I don't know. When Katniss died, when they thought she died, in the Black Tar thing. That is the first time yeah. that she really. So think about this. So they. So, but he. So he knows. He knows district. No, no. He knows District Thirteen exists, and he knows that they're pulling strings. Because they have he doesn't weapons. Know that they have a singular leader. That he doesn't. Well, he. he I'm assuming he must know there is a leader of he, some sort. Yeah, not but he's never met her, or he, he could have thought it was mm. him. They've. Ne- he's never met them. So, at that point, it's just you know he could have even thought there was a democracy happening already. That there, there was a. <laughs> Which there wasn't. There wasn't. <laughs> but he could have thought yeah. there was like a group of people because also, each of the district leaders from. Um, yeah. 1 to 12, they were also a part of the Rebel Alliances. Yeah. There was leaders for each district. The Rebel Alliances. 
Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> He's never met Coin, and all of a sudden, he meets this woman. And you can kind of see this disdain for her. Mm. And the disdain is because she's never put herself out there. Always been standing behind. Yeah, she's pulling. Yeah, she's pulling strings in the dark. And when you watch the final scenes with coin with um snow and Katniss, and then Mm. right after you see the whole coin speech of you know let's have a final games, Mm. even coin recognizes she is just as bad. Sorry, even snow recognizes she is just as bad as him. Yes, yeah, so there's no the the whole this whole point of this rebellion and everything like that isn't going to end up with a different situation. It's going to end up with the exact same situation, which will cause the exact same thing to happen again, another rebellion eventually. So, coins. Sorry, um, I guess Snow's thinking about it like this is no different. This is all for nothing. Then this is literally for nothing now. No, I don't think. I don't think it's... As in, as well, in, okay. As in her, as in Coin. Coin knows what the rebellion has done for, is for nothing. Mm. But... I notice when he's watching her on the screen, he has this look of fascination on him. He... You can see he's just trying to peel away the layers of her one as of, he watches that speech. One of my favourite things is when he goes... And again, it's that whole thing of this is a game mm. for all of these people and then the rebel and and then you see it when Katniss is you know telling the rebels I yeah. kill you you kill me we're yeah. still playing the game yep yeah. yeah but and then you got to think about who's on the other side of it and it's coin but yeah no when when coin shows up on the screen and he goes and she goes, Katniss was more than a face picked from the crowd and he goes plucked I said plucked mm. yeah yep. you said that you got my my speech wrong here, lady. But it's not just you got my speech wrong. Mm. It's he he's been doing this propaganda thing mm. for a very long time. Mm. He has a certain art about it. Mm. And it's that difference between Coin being new to this game, mm. but her being just as eager for it and just yeah. as wanting it. Yeah. And he can see that and it kind of annoys him. It's like this new blood coming in. Mm. And again, it's this game. It's not... Snow isn't coin isn't doing this for any mm. reason other than to be snow. Yeah, she she knows what she wants his spot. She doesn't want to be the change. She just wants his spot, thinking she can do a better job, not actually having any way of being yeah. different. Um, the whole the whole kind of that that last speech or, or speech conversation between Snow and Katniss. It's very chilling, isn't it? Yeah, because it's... She doesn't want to believe what he... She doesn't want to think that he's right. Like, what does he know? But he's absolutely spot on about, you know... He's got nothing left to lose at that point. Yeah, yeah, that's why he he, he does that. But I also think she already knows. Again, that speech at the train where she's like... I kill you, you kill me, you know, we're all killing each other, our neighbors. And if you're not aware of what we're talking about, um, audience, when um, she has that conversation with one of the... Um, In District 2? Yeah, District 2, one of the people that are fighting for the capital. Right after Gail to, yeah. suggests that they bomb these people and mm. she's like, why would we attack them? They're just civilians. Mm. And he's like, they're all the same. They're working for the capital. She's like, but they're, they're civilians. And, and, and she makes a point there of... Where do we draw the line? Mm. And 
Gale and all of the District 13 fighters, they're all super excited that they've killed these people. And she's like... The people. They're still people. And that's when you see the difference between... The, the what objective is here. And um, she doesn't met say it, but if you think about the idea of we kill each other, there has to be another person apart from Co- Snow. Mm. And it's Coin. And mm. yeah, I, I think Katniss knew all along... That she was a bitch and she was a a terrible leader. She wasn't a true leader. She was equal of snow. Um, But yeah, so that that, that whole thing there with that guy, the the, um, fighter, and she had the conversation about we kill each other, it's all a game kind of thing. That conversation then with snow and snow being very frank and referring to that that conversation they had way back in Catching Fire, started Catching Fire, where they said, let's make an agreement never to lie to each other. Um, That speech then. Then in this conversation when they're in the um greenhouse in the snow with snow and he's basically preparing or waiting to die um yeah they have that conversation about about the whole thing and how coin is not the way or not the way forward i guess is the gist of their conversation yes am i yeah 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 Yeah. um but he doesn't necessarily say she's not the way forward but he does point out the similarities it, between him and her. The fact that Katniss <laughs> is the one who thought that he bombed the medics and the yeah, kids. Wrong. And he's like, why would I do that? Like, what benefit does that have for me? You, yeah, but like, if you film it and you put it up there, which is what he would have done. Mm. the He would have done the exact same thing if roles were reversed. No one's saying that he's a saint. But, well, but, but said, that's the thing. Like, he does things with reason and purpose. I but get, so did Coin. But, but remember... Coin um, did the exact same thing he would have done in that situation. Yeah. And that's why Coin... And I kind of like even her name, Coin. She's the other side of the coin. Yes, the yeah. of the coin. Um, but, yeah, like... but And that's what he meant. He almost incriminated himself by saying killing children isn't, you know... It, uh, it, it would have been wasteful. Yeah, like, like I'm not above killing children. He has the Hunger Games that kills children. But again, he puts it on screen. That explosion there, which wasn't on screen, wasn't on show or anything like that, do you think that was me? As you're saying, Snow would have filmed it. Snow would have done something with it. He didn't do anything. None none of that happened. Does it have the hallmarks of me? Does this have my signature on it? And additionally, what he said is true. That was what turned his guards against him. So, like, it's very calculated. Anyway, this this whole thing is about calculated moves. Mm. And Katniss's is never calculated, which is why she's... Sort of the wild card in all of this. Yeah. Except for when she goes to kill Coin, which is a brilliant scene. Well, it's still the wild card because that is absolutely not the play that everyone... Uh, you know, but it, what I like is that throughout the movies, we've started... People, at the very start of it, she had no one... No one else could predict her moves. Hamish probably... Even Gail couldn't really predict her moves. Um, Hamish is probably the first character in there that could predict her moves and yeah and kind of just agree to go with whatever she's doing because there must be something in her mind that she's working out here and in this one when they're having the the round table with all the the former winners that are still existing or still alive i should say um in existence um (laughs) she makes she says if you want me to agree to your coin if you want me to agree to your hunger games of children of district one the capital Mm. um i need to be the one or you need to let me kill snow 
why would she at all agree to have Hunger Games when that is absolutely the worst possible move? And Hamish, who's already kind of, like, scoffed at the idea that we're having the Hunger Games kind of thing, like, that's ridiculous. Um, or, no, he scoffed at the idea of her being the interim president. Yeah. And for how long? That he, was a uh, good scene, like... Yeah, it was him being not certain by her and being like, I'm not convinced by you. And then when Katniss made that call... He just looks Hamish long just looks, and hard. looks at her and goes, I'm with the Mockingjay, I agree with her. Backing her 100%, she is, as you say, Bianca, the wild card. She's got something up her sleeve here. This isn't going to go normally. We're both feeling the same thing here, but whatever she's thinking, she's... And Four steps ahead of me. I'm on board with her. And then... It's, I also, it's in the way he says it, too. I don't necessarily yeah. think she knows she's going to kill Coin at that point. No, but point. she's plotting some... She's scheming something that is beyond <clears throat> um, this going smoothly. It's not going to be as simple as I kill Snow, then I agree to your terms. I think at that point she just still wants Snow dead. And she'll do anything to agree. To, she'll. I think at mm. that point she will do anything to kill Snow. Because she's still not sure, but she thinks Snow killed her sister. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm, I want to kill Snow because he's put, he's created all this. Yes. Then she gets to the, like, you know, part where she's about to kill him, mm. and I think in the books, she thinks back to what Snow, um, to what someone said of, I think what Finnick said of, remember who the real enemy is. Yeah. You know that part at the mm. end of Catching Fire. Yep. Yeah. And that's when she looks at Snow and she looks at Coin and she realizes. This, so Coin's speech mentions the whole thing of the end of um, tyranny, the end of um, being able to have a new Panem with democracy and all that sort of stuff. But, stuff but that she's promised, but she's not going to keep. And you no, can tell because, she's not going to keep. Because she's the interim president on whose vote? No one's. She makes the decision that the, that, that Panem is in too much of a hardship and struggle at the moment to make or not thinking straight to, to make a decision and on that also who's right is also who was the one who 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 were the people who storms the capital and died mm. putting all those taking out all those bombs no one from district 13 yeah the only people from district 13 who were in that area was um Bogs and yeah. the Lee, like those kind of people who were guarding Katniss. Mm. The rest of the people who were they and they nowhere. and they were in the prop shot, the proper shots, yep. the propaganda. Yeah. So all of the people who were in the propaganda were yeah. from District Thirteen. Yeah. Everyone else from District Thirteen was managing all of the yeah pulling the strings, r- pulling the strings. But it was if you remember the scene where Katniss arrives at. The uh, what do you call it camp or whatever mm. where she snuck on and everyone looks at her and thing. Yeah. Everyone who was dressed up ready to fight, None of they weren't in uniforms. Them. They were just in like random thing and they were all kids mm. and like or civilians. Civilians from not District Thirteen and not District well, part of District One, but probably District Two more. So um, all of the people from District Thirteen, they, oh, they went were kept in safely far they, away. Yeah, because they were. Yeah. Underground in the bunker. They were coins so, people. Yeah, so the people that were lost then weren't her people, so it didn't really matter to her. So again, we're going to see the opposite thing where where District 13 kind of, you know... It becomes the capital. Yeah, it's, but, and, and whether they stay in the capital District 1 and they all just move there or whatever. But but the point being that, that her speech about ending all of this, coin speech about ending all of this and everything, 
Katniss listening to it and looking at Snow and Snow not kind of looking in fear or sadness but smiling and looking at Katniss and being like what did I say like I told you this I said that uh, you know yeah. didn't I tell you it wasn't me kind of thing yeah we're going to have the continuation of the same thing so Katniss then does a thing and does it and and the fact that none of the other um victors standing there on either side of her kind of react in horror or whatever they always kind of go oh, only okay. peter does well because peter peter didn't read the situation but hamish but like, peter no, was I'm... always the one that was bad at reading situations <laughs> well, oh word, yeah. again, he's also the one that stabbed the fence with a bloody machete trying to you know <laughs> and, and, and catching fire so he's not you know, smart he's but good that's, at heart, but that's he's another smart. good point <sighs> That's why Coin wanted Peter. Yeah, because he's a he's a pawn because he doesn't do anything. She knew he's not that she could card. control him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I wonder what would have been different if Coin took Peter and Katniss was kidnapped. Nothing, because I think Coin would have um, convinced Peter what was right for the situation and right for them and everything, um, and. Um, coin would have won and that would have been it and so would have killed katniss yeah yeah she would yeah. have let katniss go and, and used her as a martyr but but also coin, yeah pretty uh, much. sorry um snow would have killed katniss because snow would have not respected the fight within katniss and the fact that they weren't interested in going for her so he would have just been like oh well i guess he's um there'd be dis- no reason you've, dis- you've disappointed me essentially katniss you've Katniss, you have disappointed me. You are not who I thought you were. And you are not the, as you said, Drew, the worthy challenger to me as I thought you were. Yeah. But you may be, but you've out, the game's played, the game has outplayed you. You lose. So I will kill you now. You know, because I don't think that, I don't think Peter would have been able to convince her to go and get Katniss. I don't think Johanna or Annie would have been left alive either. I think they all would have been killed. Yeah, because they don't they don't matter as much. They they mm. were bargaining chips, but they were bargaining. They were. I think I feel like they were bargaining chips for Peter. I don't I don't I know we didn't see that part of it, but I feel like Peter because Peter was tortured to say what he said, and we knew that he was tortured to say mm. what he said because we saw what he looked like in all of those mm. yeah. things, and then also when he finally does say mm. he still can say what he wants to say, mm. he finally warns them they're coming for you. Yeah. And then you see him go. He that from that point you don't see him again. No. But I feel like they would have been tortured mm. to keep him in line. Yeah, Drew, um, do you have any fun bits of information for us on this movie? Um, we're getting a bit long in here, but it doesn't matter because the conversation is going to continue after our break anyway. But um, give that's us okay. We'll dive into info. some trivia. Mm. Um, first and foremost, let's address the fact that Philip Seymour Hoffman passed away while shooting the film. He passed away while shooting the first film. No, part they, part well, they, well, they were shot together. So I'm sure there were scenes had, of the first and scenes of the second one that, that yeah, were he'd, by. He'd shot, yeah, he'd shot all but two scenes. Which I'm assuming is the... The letter scene is one. I'm not sure what the other one was. The letter that would scene. be the coronation. Because it was CGI. Sorry, that would have been when yeah, Coin that was... Yeah, that, that was CGI. Yeah. Killed, that wasn't Coin him, was killed and when yeah. he uh, District 8 lady gets yeah. put on the throne. Yeah, you could see then in the that, background yeah. that it looked like someone like him, but it wasn't... It, no, it was basically... It felt. I thought it was just like basically a poster of him. Yeah. Because he just stands super still. Mm, maybe. Well, Qu- question on that. was So in that, that letter scene, do we know if it was meant to be... 
do, do we know if the voiceover, if, you know, you know how like sometimes you see someone reading a letter and then there's the voiceover of the person reading it. Was that all that needed to be in there? Or no, was it, it was. In, he was going to be. It was meant to be in him the, going in into the, the, the room. books. Plutarch talks to her before Comes she leaves. Yeah. Okay. I don't think she talks to Hamish again until she reaches the. After after she kills mm. Coin, I haven't read it for a while, but after she kills Coin, mm-hmm. I don't think she talks yeah. to Hamish again until she bumps in, like he comes to the yeah. village. Yeah. Hamish is a worthy replacement in that scene, though. It, um, look, it plays out really well, and the fact that, you know, Katniss just straight up, I don't want to hear it. and He goes, I'll read it then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't know, I, I feel like it's handled very well, but yeah, that... That dialogue in the letter was his scripted dialogue that he never got to shoot. Okay. Um, okay. I feel like they've changed it a little bit. Just to make it seem to more letter-formal. Yeah, lettery. Now, this one I find quite interesting. The circular apartment complex with the toxic oil trap is an actual location. So, it oh, is... Oh, yeah, that is. It's for in the UK. The, the Spaces Abraza... Abraxas? Yeah. Abraxas. Yeah, we'll go with that. Is us is in a suburb of Paris. Paris. The CGI team digitally removed the many trees that are really in the courtyard, but otherwise made very few alterations to the site. Brilliant. Well the um the uh one of the underground scenes was in the um London Underground. The Um, huge underground place squad four five one enters through the middle of the movie is a real place in Japan. Really? It is metropolitan area outer underground discharge channel, the world's largest underground floodwater diversion facility located between Showa in Tokyo and Kasukabe in Saitama Prefecture. Uh-huh. Now, the, here's one you might like. Mm-hmm. The consoles in the District 13 Control Center set were originally built for the Mission Control Center set in Apollo yeah. 13 and were later acquired by a prop rental house and rented out for this movie. Brilliant. Several of those same consoles, still with badges reading Pan Am and property of Capital District Defense Forces, were used in the Mercury Control Center set of Hidden Figures. Yeah. I'm going to go watch Hidden Figures. I have to go watch Hidden Figures now. Yep. Just so I can try and see Pan Am and property of Capital District Defense Forces. Now, um... All I thought the, this was sorry. I'm just reading. Yep. Many of the capital scenes were shot in Paris and Berlin. Yeah, I thought this was shot in London, but that's mm. cool. I just I was convinced it was. Maybe it was shot in London, but location Possibly. on location scenes were not. Yeah. Um, from a marketing perspective, I find this one quite fascinating. But the red outfit that Katniss is wearing on the poster never actually appears in the yeah, movie. Yeah, no, I, it never does. Yeah, yeah, you never see it. Yeah, that that's because um, I actually know part of this. It, yeah, the the it's a design from the website. So the website that was released for I think I think it was Catching Fire, but it was basically Catching Fire did a like fashion. They they tried to make a website that would have been accessible from Pan Am basically, right? And it was kind of like. Uh, fashion magazine gossip column kind of thing and they did like all the fashion from Pan Am and all that and then when it came to Mockingjay part one and part two they tried to do well they did the same thing but they made it all propaganda yeah and 
everyone in uh, the pictures were dressed in white, including Peter, because of snow. Mm. And then Katniss was dressed in that blood red thing because she was the enemy of the state kind of thing. And mm. that's the way that it was all framed. Right. Um, but it looked, it was a sick, like, I remember For thinking sure. that it was great marketing. Mm. That entire thing, because this whole movie, this whole series is about propaganda. And one of the really mm. cool things about this series, in my opinion, was the the Hunger Games is a combination of Big Brother and, you yep. know, propaganda, propaganda, <laughs> pretty much. Yep. Um, Susan Collins got the idea for it when she was flicking through the TV and she saw like dying children in Africa who were soldiers of war, basically. And she couldn't watch it anymore. Um, so she flicked the TV and landed on toddlers and tiaras. Mm. And the difference was so jarring to her. It kind of became the basis of what eventually mm. became the Hunger Games. Mm. And just this whole thing of how... There, I, I'll, I, we'll talk about it next after the break, but I, I found this really great little spiel about the, you know, the different, the, the fact that the capital is supposed to kind of represent America and the districts are kind of representative of all the places that America goes to mine its resources mm. yep. and doesn't yes. really give a shit about. Middle East. Um, yeah. Yeah. Shall we get to our scores? I think we shall. And I think we already know Bianca's. 10 10. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. The, I, I will admit that the first time I watched this, I thought this one was a bit slow. Yeah. But after reading like all the stuff that I did today about Hunger mm. Games, I kind of understand it more, and I'll we'll go into it after. Philip, I was thinking about it the whole thing. Um, it probably gets an eight, nine. Um, eight personally, nine technically. The reason I say that eight personally, because it is a slower movie. It does wrap it up, um, quite well, but there's also a lot going on and they don't, I think in this one, it does the worst job to me of, um, really key important scenes, which in other ones, absolutely it nails the little subtle dialogue and stuff. I think that in some ways it's too subtle in this one. It almost does the thing like Quantum of Solace for James Bond where, you know, you zone out for a second and you're going to miss something really key. Yep. So you've got to stay with the whole thing. Um, so personally it gets an 8 just because it's just slightly harder to follow along with um, and there's definitely not a lot but at the same time a lot going on. Um, like the slow things, there's a lot of. The fast-paced things, there's not a lot of. Um Nine, technically, because it's... Look, it is a, a brilliant end to a series, which I don't know because I can't comment because I can't, I can't say I've read the books, but I believe that the ending is apparently better in the movie than it is in the book. I don't know. You can tell me about that after the break, Bianca. Um, but otherwise, look, it's a great series that wraps up perfectly. This, this is a brilliant end to the series. Don't get me wrong. I think it... it summates the whole thing perfectly and is probably the right ending for the whole thing and I'm not talking about the walking off into the sunset at the very end there I'm talking about the 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 fact that she goes after coin and that's the way that kind of 
the whole drama of it ends and the fact that Katniss gets rushed off to live in a life of exile exile but I'm sure that's exactly what she wanted to have nothing to do with anything in her district again back where she was from so um, yeah brilliant 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 okay well I've never been a huge fan of this one Um, probably Mm -hmm. liked it the least but this is the third time I've seen it like Mm. like you I've I've watched it Mm. the least I think this is the first time I've really softened toward it and felt like it had a little more purpose than I would have given it credit for previously. So I'm giving it eight and eight, mm-hmm. which I I must say when I when we started this a few weeks ago, I thought that this one was going to get a very low score for me. Mm-hmm. But no, I on a technical level, it's very well constructed, and I recall noticing that when I mm-hmm. when I first watched it and things that i had problem with i had less problem with now and i again i think it's just maybe having a a better understanding of it and also because bianca's been filling in the gaps for us in regard to director's commentary it's been fantastic it's been wonderful (laughs) thank you for that no no no, please don't can i ask what did you have a problem with when you watched it before um I always found the the last half hour felt rushed and abrupt. I, agree. I also didn't ever like the way that they almost just blinked and Finnick was gone. They dealt they they never dealt with it. They just went he's gone and just shifted forward. And I For think such I, a key character is kind of like, well, yeah. am I meant to care or and it, not? Yeah, and it made me really angry because I really loved the character so much in the films. And then I just saw that happen. I went, oh, okay, well, all right, that's how we're gonna that's how we're gonna deal with it. I felt like maybe there could have been a scene where they they grieve somewhere in there, but I also understand the pacing is what it is for the story. I will right, we'll talk about this afterwards because I have, I have now that I know just, that I'm like I've actually got thoughts about that. I've just I've, about why that happened the way that it did. Yeah, I, I, I think it's also good that they show the brutality of it the way they did. Um, I don't know. They they were things that bothered me then, but watching it now and watching all of them in such close succession, I'm like, you know what? Mm. It's good. I I was also very skeptical of splitting that book in half. I'm seeing how they've made a way to justify it by fleshing out this last chapter i don't mind it Mm. brilliant um okay we'll go to our commercial come back with um a wrap-up of the entire series and a little bit more discussion on uh, on this one because why not eh? this holiday season give the gift of debt with holiday home loans Buy that special home for that extra special someone. A gift that lasts a lifetime with a mortgage that lasts with it. Buy happiness today with Holiday Home Loans. Ho, ho, hop online to sign up now. Alrighty, and we are back on Kent and the Steering Team and back with our part two of this episode because we are going to continue our conversation on the hunger games as well as hunger games mockingjay part two and it's all going to mold into one shall we straight off the bat though get into what our averages are we spoke about our scores just before we went i think we break. should um bianca do you have the averages or drew do you have the averages who has I've the got averages them. i've got them here so my average for tech was eight and a half out of ten my average for personal was 8.25 mm-hmm let's make note that I actually have the lowest averages out of all of us. Mm-hmm. 
Philip, your technical average was nine, mm-hmm. and your personal average was eight point five. <laughs> Bianca, your technical was one with a zero after it, mm-hmm. and your personal was the same. Ten ten. Can we just say that um, <laughs> we'll just make a note there that Bianca actually had the highest of. Uh, yes. Ten <laughs> ten. Ten ten. Yeah. I don't want to diss these movies. I like these movies too much. Oh no, I'm holding my mic. No, wait, I'm holding my mic the right it's, way. You're fine. Okay, um, cool. Yeah. Look, what, what I <laughs> look, it's good because it's good because what we can see from that is it's almost a reversal of um, Bond, where I, I think I think historically I'm probably the harsher scorer. You are. Um, and I think, <laughs> but I think what what is good is that we're seeing a little bit of a diversi- diversification in that between you and I. Mm. Um, in that, well, we're reversed um, in that sense on both points. I Can I just say, I think yeah. this is one of the few movies where Drew from the get-go has always told me he's had mixed feelings about it. I do. Which I always found interesting because Drew just likes movies. I do. And and mm. we found a series that I'm not over the top about. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, I, and I get it because a part, a part of it is because the killing of the children. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I was uncomfortable with that from the get-go. Before I became a parent, I was uncomfortable with that. I I am I wasn't as uncomfortable with it, probably because of the amount of YA literature I've read, read over the years. And yeah. killing of children is not uncommon in a lot of them. No, it's it's not and I've read my fair share as well, but I I suppose that um, seeing an adaptation that was so blunt in its adaptation, I, I probably just hit me a little bit differently. I look, see, but see, on that point, um, when I saw this movie, I was absolutely banging the target audience um, for for the book, mm. and I guess the movie's release as well. Um, and and I think as a as someone of that age, you kind of picture yourself in that sort of situation anyway. Even if I watch like a Bond movie. If I watch Jurassic Park, if I watch something like that, you kind of picture what you do in that situation anyway. So to then see people of a similar age in there, I don't have a problem with that. And I also, um, I think that that's part of the point is that it's meant to be um, a shocking kind of, uh, you know, uncommon thing. And it's also meant to make people of our age think about that, things like that happening and, and that sort of situation. Um, just quickly, Bianca, I know you've got something that you want to read, but um, can you tell me what your thoughts are about Drew's view on um, rushing through Fennec and the last half hour? Potentially you have more to expand on the fact that Drew mentioned, and I completely agree with him, that the last, the pacing of the end of that movie, this movie, part two, is rushed. Yeah, There's I, no doubt about that, I agree. That last half hour. I yeah. want to say that it's rushed in the books too it's not it's not that it's i think that entire section from the moment katniss gets well from the moment katniss is in hospital recovering from her burns Mm. to the part where she kills coin forget about this is before finnick Mm -hmm. that whole part takes a chapter and i think Phoenix from Phoenix death to the part where she you know the bombs blow up that's a chapter mm-hmm. so that entire section of film two chapters mm-hmm. nothing special um and I actually I, I I don't think it's just when she oh yeah and then after she kills coin Plutarch sends her home sorry yeah he sends her home 
and then the rest is just her back at the house and then Hamish arrives and then fin- uh, yeah. uh, what do you call it? Arrives. Peter. Peter arrives. They get a letter from Annie yeah. talking about Finnick's death. Talking about how Annie had a baby and, yeah. you know, she's getting better despite Finnick not being there. Because you don't see so much, but Annie had... You kind of see when Mags volunteers, but Mag, Annie had probably the most problems out of any of the victors. Mm. She was really mentally fucked up after the games to the point where not even the capital could do much with her because she was just too scarred. Um, but she actually gets better after Finnick dies because she has to, she has a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is my point. So Finnick's death is brushed over. It's not really brushed over in the book because, you know, it's again, it's from Katniss's head. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she's kind of like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, Finnick's dead, Finnick's dead, whatever. Um, I don't think they swear in the book, but still. Um, and then we see in the movie, and one of the things that I mentioned to you while we were watching the movie is one of the things that I liked that they kept to the book is when they relieve the underground, they run up the stairs, and mm. the first thing that Katniss sees is Phoenix's poster. Yeah. But then she keeps running because at the end of the day, they're in the middle of a war zone yeah. They are wanted. They are hunting them. They just watch Finnick, um, uh, Thing's brother, Castor, the other dude who I don't ever remember his name, but he was one of the guys from mm. the District 13 gang who survived at that point. But then he died in the lights. Um, all of these people just died in the matter of five minutes from the moment they were sleeping to the cave to, th- to the moment they get into the shop. Yeah. It's not just Finnick who died and she walks into the shop and the first thing she says is she's like, there was no mission. Because you kind of get the fact that you see Finnick's poster. This has been running through her head. Finnick was her friend and she had to kill him. Yeah. I know they don't like hold on to his death and they don't memorialize him and he was such a big character. Mm. However... In the context of it, it kind of makes sense to me. Yeah, no, no. I look. I, I, I don't disagree with it. I, 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 I appreciate the fact that they were in the middle of a war zone and they can't just stop and have a good old mourn and grieve about that. Having said that, though, we had about a good hour and a bit before that the, the this point kind of thing, or so maybe a little bit under. Um, but we had a, a fair chunk of not a whole lot happening. Then the whole end of it was like a domino kind of cascading, just like tip over, knock, 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 done, finished, movie's finished. I just feel like the we the pacing and when the moments that slowed down were either not slow enough or not the key points to be slowing down at. Um and and I think that considering how much movie and runtime they had to work with, we got a lot of drawn out stuff about things that weren't particularly important, yep. and things that then could have been important or should have been more important or um, timing wise, paced to make you feel more about it. We didn't have like for example Phoenix's death. I think they could have mourned a little bit more about that when they got to Snow's cousin or whatever the hell it was. Tiger. Tiger lady. Who is Snow's cousin? Who you find out in the prequel, and that was like a I random. Think we, fact I think we I were just enjoyed. robbed of maybe even twenty seconds of screen time 
just even Katniss just sitting there looking through the window at the wanted poster of him would have just like for me just seeing a few seconds of screen time of that reflection there would have made a huge amount of difference because it just I will actually propels I, forward. I will read what I what I got to read now because yep. I'll come back to that and yep. I, I actually mm-hmm. think you have some valid points mm-hmm. and I have a theory as to why okay. what happened happened but just quickly actually then because I want to hear what you have to say um, am I right in saying though that a lot of people who read the book didn't like the ending to the movie for some reason and I don't know why and I, I've heard some people say, yeah, the movie improved on it a little bit, but that's all I know. But I don't know what I'm missing here because I've heard people say that. Yeah. I, I think the the ending of the movie, what, again, you know how I said there's one chapter yes. and it's literally just the, it's what you yep. see in that. It does the after coin dies. Yeah. It does expand a bit more. Yeah. Um. Again, we we know what happened. I I don't. I really mm. think it's like I haven't read it for ages, but I really think it's only like a couple of pages. Like it, the chapter isn't even yeah. a long chapter. It's more like an epilogue. Yeah. Um. So we get a little bit more about that kind of thing. Yeah. That that yeah. kind of expands on it. We find out. Yeah. You know. We. I think I know the seat. The part about. Um, uh, Peter showing up planting the primroses. Yeah, that happens. But I actually think that's it, and I think you don't see the rest of it. And I know mm. that you know about Annie and the baby, mm. but that's it. Um, mm. and I, even adding Gail is now you know a commander, and the mother is a doctor in the capital. Yeah, that I'm pretty sure wasn't from the books but there is like a little bit more expansion in it Mm. i think that some people thought it was unnecessary but i do remember there was a bigger controversy i can't i think a part of it had to do with um effie because i think people wanted effie to be in the ending more than she was in the Mm. books um she wasn't much in the books which you reminded me because you had looked it up that effie or drew did because yeah Effie was in the third book, but I completely forgot about it. Um, but I, I don't know what the massive thing was. Right. I, I'm, I do. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just because they expanded a bit more and right. it was a bit more fleshed out the ending. To your, to your um, written little piece of dialogue here. So this is to give you context. Just today, I happened upon on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, what someone who I follow retweeted this, oh, sorry, not retweeted, shared this. And I just thought it was a good little bit. And I, I think it talks about a lot of the stuff that we talk about. So it's about the Hunger Games and the Lord of the Rings, but um, doesn't mention the Lord of the Rings much other than a name drop. But anyway, uh, this was written on Tumblr by someone called Fiction Adventurer. Um, right. They say... I think the Hunger Games series sits in a similar literary position to The Lord of the Rings as a piece of literature written by a Catholic author that sparked a whole new subgenre and then gets blamed for the flaws that exist in the copycat books that are, and aren't particularly that exist in the copycat books and aren't actually part of the original. 
Like, despite what parodies might say, Katniss is nowhere near the stereotypical unqualified teenager chosen to lead a rebellion for no good reason. Yep. The entire point is that she's not leading the rebellion. Hmm. She's a traumatized teenager who has emotional reactions to the horrors in her society and is con- and is constantly being reined in by more experienced adults who have to tell her, "No, this is not how you fight the government. You are going to let people you are going to get people killed." She's not the upstart teenager showing the brainless <coughs> adults yeah, you know that. She's not the ups. I accidentally just flicked to the next page. Apologies. Well done. All good. She's not the upstart teenager showing the brainless adults what to do. She's a teenager being manipulated by smarter and more experienced adults. She has no power in the rebellion except as a useful piece of propaganda, and the entire trilogy is her straining against that role. It's much more straining. It's much more. Uh, realistic and far more nuanced than anyone who dismissed it as a stereotypical YA dystopian gives it credit for. And the misconceptions don't end there. The Hunger Games has no stereotypical YA love triangle. Yes, there are two potential love interests, but the romance is not the point. There's a war going on. Katniss has more important things to worry about than boys. And the romance was never about her choosing between two hot guys, but it's about choosing two diametrically opposed worldviews. Will she choose the anger and the war, or will she choose the compassion and the peace? Of course, a trilogy filled with horrors of wars ends with her marriage to the peace-loving Peter. Unlike some of the YA dystopian copycats, the romance here is not a part of the message. Not just something to pacify readers who expect hot love triangles in their YA. The world building in Hunger Games trilogy is simplistic and not realistic, but unlike Sorry, but unlike like some of her imitators, Collins does this because she has something to say, not because she's cobbling together a grim and gritty dystopia that's similar to the Hunger Games. The world building has an allegorical function kept simple so we we can see beyond it to what Collins is really saying. And it's nothing so comforting as we need to fight the evil people who are ruining our society. The capital's not just the powerful, greedy bad guys. The capital is us, first world America, living in luxury while we ignore the problems of the rest of the world and thinking of other nations largely in terms of what resources we can get from them. This simplistic world is a sparsely set stage that lets us explore the larger themes about exploitation and war and the horrors of people willing to commit, the horrors people are willing to commit for the sake of their bread and circuses meant to make us think deeper about what separates a hero from a villain. There's reasons, there is a reason why these books become a literary phenomenon. There's a reason that dozens upon dozens of authors attempted to imitate them, but these imitators can't capture that same genius largely because they're trying to imitate the trappings of another book and fail, failing to capture the larger, more meaningful message underneath. Make a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy and you'll wind up with something far removed from the original masterpiece. But we shouldn't make the mistake of blaming the flaws on the original work. I completely agree. I think... I think. I just thought that was brilliantly written. But yeah. I, I agree. It's very... In, it, it encapsulates the core concepts very well. I think that something else that you could... Or, or another thing that you could throw into the mix. They mentioned like Lord of the Rings um, mm. or compare it to kind of Lord of the Rings. 
No, sorry, I can't do it. I was going to say Twilight. <laughs> I, can't, <laughs> I can't bring myself to even make that joke because Jesus Christ, but here it's probably is, the worst we thing we've ever watched. Okay, after we found out Phil was watching Twilight, <laughs> we kept making points during this of this is exactly like Jacob and Bella. Yeah. Uh, Jacob and Edward and but the, Bella but and the, Edward but and all the that difference shit. is Twilight, you could never do it in reverse. You could never watch Twilight and say this is like The Hunger Games because Twilight's a joke. No, well, yes, but because here... Twilight, because Twilight is only about the romance, the context of it being in a vampire setting is irrelevant because yep. it's about the romance. Yep. Whereas this one is completely the opposite. The romance isn't the important part. The romance just happens to be there because it's life, and it doesn't matter. And the joke that we make and thing the piss out of it of something as brilliant as this is Twilight is the joke. But here is how I think Twilight ruined this movie. And why you guys think that there's okay. slow parts and fast parts and things that should be that were slow were too slow, um, or things that be fa- that were fast Don't should be faster. Twilight because I have serious issues with Twilight's pacing. I, I agree, but let, hear me out. Mm-hmm. The allegory for Peter and Gail mm-hmm. wasn't about them being two boys. The writer of that was right. Yep. It's the fact that Peter wants peace, and Peter was willing to hide and play dead in mm-hmm. the hunger games mm-hmm. to not kill anyone mm-hmm. to do to pretend that he was a part of the enemy's group to keep someone that he loves safe yep um and risk himself he did a lot of things that were quite passive and tried to protect as many people as he could while doing it yep gail on the other hand is the one that created the idea to you know Drop a bomb mm-hmm. and then um, drop a second bomb when people go into the medics go in to help. Yeah, that was his idea. Yeah, and they used that idea to create propaganda. Mm-hmm. Um, what this movie did was created the whole hype of Edward and Jacob yep. with Peter and Gail. Yep. in society and in media, mm. because it's a selling point. Because it is a Romance selling point. Sells. It's true. Romance, Romance sells. sells. Yeah. And there are quite a few scenes in this movie, yeah. more than I think any of the scenes of the other movie. Because in all of the other movies, with the exception of Mocking mm. J Part 1, because mm-hmm. in Mocking J Part 1, there's not really much romance going on. There's a little yeah. between her and Gail in the quiet moments, mm-hmm. but it's not actually that much. And it's more that yeah. she's throwing herself at Gail because she's distracting herself. Mm-hmm. Or whatever, but and the other romance in part in the first two movies is all a show because they mm. need it to you know yeah. convince. This is the first movie mm. where the romance between the three of them, mm. everyone knows that she likes Gail and Peter, mm. and it's kind of real romance at this point because yeah. there's no disguises, there's no propaganda, there's yes. no thing, and they focus too much on that romance in this movie. Because of the fact that it's a marketing point in real life. Yeah, it, it yeah, it it um it almost does itself the disservice of dumbing itself down to that level just because it because it sells. That's quite sad, really, because it's not like they really brought on any new crew members or anything like that. There wasn't another director stepping in with a different vision pushed by the studio. It was the same people, but at some point, clearly these concepts have woven their way in mm. and inflicted the film I and the final product. I also have to say, all of those scenes in bet- between Gail and Peter and 
you know, when Katniss is saying playing the truth game with yeah. uh, Peter when he first arrived. Mm. All of those scenes happen. But I think to an extent in this movie, they're focused on a lot more than they're focused on in the book. And that has also to do with the fact that most of the book is her walking around, Yeah, you know, is there a bomb down here? No, there's not a bomb down here. They, they, they didn't do any of the scenes where they didn't find a bomb down the street and they right. just keep walking down yeah. it because that happens a few times in the book. So they've had to pick what they think is more interesting to an audience. Yeah, like I, I, they kind of glanced over it where they tested, is there anything down here? And they just walked down the mm. street. Yeah. But then they just go straight to the diner. It doesn't happen more than once. But And that has to do with movies. Like, you can't, you know, if they walk down three streets and nothing happens, you're really fucking going to pay attention. Yeah, and that's the thing. I guess that's why maybe we're enjoying long-form te- or short-form short television now in the style of shows that will run three, four, one-hour episodes to tell a story rather than sitting through one or two movies at the cinema because we know that if a show's going to adapt it they're going to get into every bit of detail especially if it's a property that we've all read and mm. recognize and we want to see that level of detail this is why i I'm, i love to bang on about the idea of them redoing harry potter as a series with a season per book so we could have everything i agree with that and but also they're doing that for the last of us which is a 11 exactly. 11 hour movie uh, sorry, 11-hour game that plays like a can, movie. Can you imagine if they tried to make The Last of Us as a film? It'd be quick. It there would. Be, they would actually have to make three films, I, I think. I would say do it as two parts. I know exactly where... I've already thought about how to do it, but I'd do it as two parts. But there would be I, I very would little as, scenery chewing. Yeah, yeah. look, it would be, it'd be rushed, but I have worked out you could do it as two parts. I know exactly how to do it as two parts. We'll, but split it down at winter? Yeah, winter. So the first... Yeah. The, uh, this is really sad. The first movie's poster would be black with white writing on it, with saying The Last of Us. Part two would be white with black writing on it because it's, it starts winter. at winter. I like that, actually. Yeah. You know what's see funny? How, see how it would work? Because it would play in and say that on the screen, Last of Us, with a white background and pan down and it would be snow. What would you call the, start with a rabbit. What would you call the second movie? No, no, I get it. This is part two game, I, but but this is prior to this is prior to a last of us shit existing. Last of us two. part one a. Yeah, yeah, but I the, actually, you know what? I would just call it Last of Us Part One Winter. Or the Last of Us yeah. Chapter Two. Part One Chapter Two. Part One Chapter Two. Yeah, well, I don't know. Part Two Chapter it, One. But, but um, I don't think yeah. I don't think the like after like. From what I remember of the book, I don't think the book would work as a TV series. I don't think there's... Enough. Maybe a three-part TV series. Mm. For the Hunger Games. Like three episode, three one-hour episodes. Yeah. It could work where you do the first episode of her, you know, arriving at 13, walking around the 13, and then you kind of split it just after the first rebellion thing. Uh, no, I would... I, so... so um, Okay, so the first series, the first like season, I guess, would be, I don't know, do, would you do four episodes each one? So you do part, the, the first episode is about District 12, life in District 12 and all that. And ends, the reaping. Ends with the reaping. Part two is going through all the paces of that, getting it prepared for the thing, like going into going the game. Going through, get, no, getting into the capital. 
Mm. Not even that, just entering the capital. Entering the capital and seeing, that part. Yeah. The, that part, the kind of getting prepared for it. I would have the part where she shoots the arrow. That would be in part um, part two. Yep. Part three would be the games and maybe even just the first half of the game. Games. And this, the, up last until one where, the last one. Up until she's up in the tree. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then that, let that one end there. And then the next one is is the end of that and, and how it ends. The season, uh, season two of it, or the second four-part one is the same sort of thing where we have i mean that the second movie spends so long in not in the games anyway that you could do the games as one part anyway towards the end there or even one part with that kind of chaos at the end of it all as a whole another one flesh it out a little bit more and then do the first two episodes of coming home being at home again the pdsd and all that and then the next one is finding out all the drama about having to go back into it part three is going into it part four is the chaos of that um and then the last book you do it no as, you know what i would do for do part two just, actually mm-hmm. i do part one her back at pit now i'm thinking about her back mm-hmm. at home ptsd mm-hmm. part two is the train the the fact that going to each of the districts like yep. i'd flesh that out yeah um and you know when she comes back home how much everything's mm-hmm. changed gail getting whipped and all that mm-hmm. at the end of the episode two that's when you find out she's going back into the games yep Part, part three, three is the getting prepared for the games and that is whole. getting yeah but seeing the capital mm. again from the version of a victor because at, when she first mm. went to the capital mm. oh no actually that would be part two because that's on the train i just want i, I want them to do the uh, one thing that i lacked from this is that i really wanted to see the capital and capital life yeah, because they they talk but about then, it briefly. But then you do that in part three of that, because then part three is is going to the capital and the headache of I'm going back into the game and all that, and I don't want to be here and the capital life, and you've got to do all this stuff. It and ends, focusing on the victors as well, and let it more yeah, focus and on let the victors. It, let that part end with the cannon counting and her pain of um seeing, um, Senna. Sinner yeah. dying, dying. Yeah. and then she goes up and let it just end with her panning around in the clock face basically and then the screen goes off the next one the last part is her in the games yeah then. and then for the part for the third series of it you do it as four parts again and do the first two parts is part one of the movie mm. and the second two parts is, part, is two. part two of the movie you got two hours each one then done yeah that's how I do it so then you flesh out all three books to the same extent each that one work, gets two, two halves, basically. That's how I do it. Twelve episodes. Yeah, perfect. I can and it would, see that. And it would handle it. I've just been watching on Amazon... Thank you, Philip. Mm-hmm. Um, the Alex Ryder series. And, uh, you know, I was 14 reading those about 14-year-old super spy. And it was fascinating. Mm-hmm. I, I loved those books. And when the film came out in 06 with Alex Pettifer, it, it was cool, but it just wasn't it. Such an unfortunate surname. Sorry. Yes. Paul Pettifer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, like, you know, that, that film was packed with this incredible, massive cast of names and, and all that, but the film was awful. And then we've now got the series, which basically has ignored the first book and has just started with the second book. And they've been able to capture the book in a whole season beautifully. Nothing's been left to chance. 
nothing's been stretched more than it should it still builds the right tension they've they've done it justice I've, i've been really impressed with it and season two just hit the other day and they've skipped the third book they've just jumped straight to the fourth one they're picking which stories would play out well for television and they're just running with that sounds good to me um should we get to our what the quote yeah, I think and so. And then come yeah. back with us. You can do it brilliant. But just overview, yeah. do you guys think... Um, I mean, I know you guys haven't read the book, but do you think this was a good series to yes. adapt? Yeah. I think it was a very good series to adapt. I, I do have the book sitting at home ready to go, so I think that could be the next thing I read. C- considering, the way the, the, considering the success of the films, I think that speaks enough to say that, yes, it was a good, good choice for adaptation. For yeah. Sure. Um, but anyway, let's get to our what the quote. And now it's time for What the Quote. Uh, Who has last week's quote? I do, and as I noticed last week, it is a doozy. So be sure when you step, step with care and great tact, and remember that life's a great balancing act. And will you succeed? Yes, 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 you will indeed. Oh my goodness. Just forgive this. Indeed, 98 and three quarter percent guaranteed. Kid, you'll move mountains, especially if you can read that entire thing. Mm, exactly right, exactly right. And of course, this week's, uh, that, that quote, sorry, that quote that you just <laughs> said for this week, which was last week's quote, is by Dr. Seuss from Oh, The Places You'll Go. And Phil, what about this week's quote? Of course, here you go. Uh, much shorter and much easier to um, get out, say, do. Um, failure is the condiment that gives us success. It's flavor. I said it wrong. It was easy, but I said it wrong. Still. That's okay. I think I jinxed us. But anyway, look, if you <laughs> if you do know where our condiment quote is from, please reach out to us on any of the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know the drill. Anyway, on with the show. And we're back on the show. Uh, and now it's time for our Sick Kent of the Week. Um, I think this one, are we in agreement potentially? Yeah, we are. I think we, we are. are. We are. I noticed they didn't say it in this movie, but they didn't dedicate the movie. Did they dedicate the last one? The, the last, last one. one was dedicated because yeah. he died okay. during part one. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, oh, like who a died? A couple of days. Who died? It's our sick end of the week. No, we're not meant to be like... No, oh, that's not... That. That, yeah. Goodness. Um, uh, yeah, yeah right. our sick end of the week this week is Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, this was his last movie. Yeah, and it was uh, it was sad to see him not there at the end there in that last scene, not to see him with a final kind of um, hurrah um, going out with a bang. In fact, the last time we kind of saw him as really him was was actually probably as she delivered as coin delivered her speech where she chokes up yeah and she just kind of you can see him just like "Uh uh-huh can i just give him so much credit for that scene because when he looks at coin with the skeptical yep really is that where you're going and then we just see katniss's face where she's like also looking at him like (laughs) really and i kind of feel like that scene connected katniss and plutarch uh, Plutarch a lot more Mm, and i feel like they had a lot in common yeah. Weirdly, yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, well, I love that, and, and yeah. he did such a good job. And may well, he rest well, they're in peace. Both, they're both different sides of the coin, but the characters. I mean, different sides of the coin. Um, I mean, literally, they sit on yeah, different di- sides. Di- of her. Different uh, sides of the character <laughs> of coin, the character, but also different sides of the coin. Where one's coming from, this whole thing from one side, one's coming from the other. But at least they're still 
both kind of cynical and, and, and a bit kind of fed up with the whole situation. Anyway, but of course, Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, rest yes. in peace still. Um, Drew, thank you. Bianca, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Th- thank you, Hunger Games, because that was a wonderful series. And um, next week, we will be back with a Christmas film. In fact, the next two weeks, we'll have Christmas films as we um, lead up to Christmas. We haven't decided which ones yet, but, no, but we'll, you'll uh, find out then. The we'll let you know um, which Jingle one all the way. next week when we there get we to go. it. There we go. Have I seen that movie? Arnold Schwarzenegger is a doting dad. Yeah. No. Well, not even. Oh, yeah. It used, to be on cha- yeah. used to be on Channel 10 all the time around yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Yep. Got his it. kid a Turbo Man doll. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, until next week. Yeah.